here. We are back. Happy Friday, everyone. It is Zachary Reality, and we are here to chat about the finale of House of Villains. The show was so good. It was on E! Um, this was the first season of House of Villains, and we are joined by a very special guest today, Dave Kuba, who is one of the executive producers on the show, one of the creators of the show. He also works as a senior vice president at Irwin Entertainment. He has lots of experience executive producing reality shows. So um, having you here for this show and the finale, we have a lot to discuss. We met um, at the premiere party a few months ago. So welcome to my podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I think I actually approached you at the party because uh, I remember when you uh, first found out about uh, uh, the show and the potential cast, my sister, who's eight and a half years younger than me, sent me like a uh, TikTok and like, you made Zachary reality. That's so cool. <laughs> but I saw you at the party walking by and I was like, Zachary reality. Let's take a picture for my sister. So uh, I appreciate you coming and I appreciate you uh, covering our show. It definitely helps for people like you to, uh, to, to give us the nod and and tell people, I know people look to you for what to watch. So mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I love when people look to me for what to watch because I do watch every reality show. I like to give everything a try. And when I first heard of this show, House of Villains, I was immediately so excited because I love villains like so much. I always have. So to put everyone in a house together and then there's competition and money and then you get all the crossover. I mean, how do you even come up with this show and why did it take so long? First of all, we made this show for people like you that love reality. Like mm -hmm. it is a love letter to reality TV. We've always said that. Nobody in real life is really like, I'm a villain the, with the mustache and all. That's like a very much reality term. So if we're gonna have people who own it, like mm -hmm. let's break the fourth wall. Everybody who loves reality, has loved reality forever, watches all these shows. Like, let's make a show that kind of shows them a little bit more behind the scenes than usual, brings all their favorites together, bring back some of the greatest hits, as you saw with Tanisha. Mm -hmm. Things like that are just like super fun to really just lean in. We encourage our cast, pitch me an idea. We'll help you make it happen. Like, we want to like make you the best versions of yourself. We want you to have fun. So I work for a company called Irwin Entertainment. I've worked there for a couple of years, although I've worked many different places and I came on a few years ago to run development, have since like done a lot more with current, um, especially with the shows that I sell and saying across them. This idea actually came to us from the network. They came to us. They know John had done a lot of reality. Tony uh, Bananas? Uh, no, John Irwin. The, uh, oh, okay, okay. He had a history of doing like celebrity rehab, mm -hmm. Bad, which I was a fan of back in the day. I was working at 51 Minds doing like Rock of Love and Flavor of Love and I Love New York. And that was the one show I would be mm -hmm. like, I'm jealous of that show. Like, I wish we were doing that show because that is like so raw and so real. And he went on to do like couples therapy and famously mm -hmm. single and a bunch of shows like that. So I think he was having a conversation with someone at the network and like, how can we get more business? And they actually like kicked us three ideas at one time that we developed. And one of them was House of Villains. There was a young exec at the network who's coming up, uh, Colby Giordano, uh, mm -hmm. who actually uh, had pitched this idea of House of Villains. Uh, it was kind of like, for the most part, a title, but like a title where you kind of understood what the show could or would be. Mm -hmm. um, and they came to us and they were like, House of Villains. And it was sort of like one of those ideas that everybody probably had like thought of in their mind but like is that too obvious and, and yeah like, people have been doing this and pitching stuff for so long that sometimes we. Uh -huh. i think at some point we like went so complicated because everybody's heard everything and every show became confusing and i think there's like a move back to the basics 
which is really great, but it was very smart. And that's why it's like great to have like young, fresh execs come up and go, how about this? And everyone go, mm -hmm. why has that never been made? So they kind of came to us and they said, House of Villains, what is it? Along with these other two shows, you know, at some point they didn't even know if it was all reality people. It could have been like villains from real life and stuff like that. But then we started thinking like, what's a villain from real life is just a bad person. And that's not fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also this whole like, well, if we use all of like reality villains from all different shows, it has become this like love letter reality where you can kind of go like and watch these people you love and you've rooted and hated to love and love to hate. We had many iterations of the show, like it was in development for a little bit. And even when we moved to series, the new creative execs came on uh, at the network and kind of said, hey, like, uh, how do we land here? Let's give this a rethink. And we weren't exactly a competition elimination. We had a format at one point that was even like, close to uh, too hot to handle, but with like mm -hmm. flying off the handle. But then everybody was like, well, what if we actually calm them down where we want to amp them up? We realized a lot of the cast we wanted to go with weren't just people who like lost their tempers and yelled. They were like the fun and conniving people. And mm -hmm. there's no better way to do that than competition elimination and well, competition. And then there was definitely a conversation like, do we need to eliminate people? This cast is so good. Like we hate to lose anybody too early. So we sat down and as a team, we thought like, how can we delay the eliminations a little bit so that mm -hmm. you know, start with 10 people. So, uh, you know, when you have like 20 people, it's hard to tell everybody's stories and we have all these stars. So let's have a good amount of, you know, a, a nice number of casts where we could actually tell their stories and let's not get rid of uh, anyone too quickly, but like, let's have still like mm -hmm. the hit list nominations, like make the end of the episodes still dramatic and Definitely, obviously, you know, I've seen people online, there's like little parts borrowed from different other shows. But I think, sure. I think at the end of the day, like we had some ideas that were like crazy off the wall. And it was like, let's keep the format simple and, and easy to understand because the star of the show isn't the format, it's the cast. What better than to give a villain power? So that's where the mm -hmm. super villain and give them rewards so they feel like they're on top of the world. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. we'll get to all of that. We'll definitely break down like the show and like what happened and everything, sure. but I think for what you were saying like the show did um it did have a lot of big personalities and that was evident how nobody went home super early and then they all came back at the end to play a part in the finale. I was super curious how that would play out with the show and like the jury and stuff. And we can kind of get into the logistics of stuff. But I love that you're giving everyone some background on House of Villains as you were a big part of making the show happen. So I think for just people who want to understand maybe like, how do you become like a developer, executive producer? Like, what did you do to work your way up to get to this point? And is this was this always your vision to kind of produce and develop shows? I graduated college in 2001. So I think that was like right in my senior year was like when survivor came out and then right after we graduated like i remember my friend was like i'm a pa on the show called the bachelor like mm -hmm. that sounds like it'll never work you know like look at it now i definitely didn't go to school like thinking i'm gonna work in reality tv i just always knew i'd want to work in entertainment i was a drama kid in high school at some point but mm -hmm. i also like was in the tv production classes and like liked making the stuff too and i knew stories about actors and auditioning and being waiters and i was like i don't know if that's my path but i love being behind it. You know, I think at some point I thought I'd be Dave Letterman. I mean, uh, you know, another point I thought I'd be on Saturday Night Live and then it's another never too point. late. Yeah, it's never too late, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it could be Andy Cohen instead, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, would I, you want to be on camera? Because I feel like you've done a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I don't know at this point. And I think I definitely did want to before. I think there's a lot of extra stuff that comes with that, that, uh, 
you'd have to, I'd have to like constantly be worried about my image and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we're on camera right now though. Like people are watching on YouTube. They're listening as a podcast. Is this like new for you? Do you, do you do a lot of podcasts? Cause you aren't necessarily like in the public eye, but you're working on these big shows. So you have such good insight, which is why I wanted to have you on. But is this kind of like, do you do a lot no, of this interviews? This is definitely not the door for me, but I'm okay. definitely used to talking. I've been on panels and things like that talking. I don't do this often. Uh, they usually have the people that run the companies, uh, that own the companies do it and people that work for them. But I think, uh, but I'm definitely excited to talk about this show in particular. Yeah. And obviously like, uh, any insights I can offer into my career, uh, would love to. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I went to college for communications, thought maybe I'd be Spiel Steven Spielberg direct, uh, graduated college and was basically, it's weird. Cause in college, like some people made these like movies and I went to Syracuse university New shout out to Newhouse was a great communication school to get you going. That's for sure. That's one of the top of ones. Yeah, that was like, you know, I knew I wanted to do that. So I wanted to get in there. Uh, but there was this thing called Cow TV, which was like the TV station. And um, I did a lot of the wraparound stuff that was like the MTV VJs of it all. So I guess that was um, like, should have known that I was sort of like headed in this direction. Yeah. Um, and then I graduated uh, college. I was supposed to move to LA, uh, but then my car got towed in New York and there was a whole, that's a whole story it pretty much changed the trajectory of my career because i was going out to la with no job and no money uh and then i went to visit my friend in new york and got a, my car impounded and i was like oh my god i'm not ready to move mm. and uh i ended up like hey i live like close to new york city might as well try to find a job here first there's a lot of that and ended up getting a job on a show called change of heart which mm -hmm. was uh do you know the show i've never heard of that so it was like a late night syndicated dating talk show hybrid sort of around the time of blind date it was a little before blind date and during blind date and studs and those shows where it was like the premise was very simple we shot 150 52 episodes a season it was syndicated so it was okay, all like, cool. i worked there for two years i was like staff that was like i did every job there i did casting i was a pa i did like post-production i was interviewing people mm -hmm. backstage after the show and basically ended up like producing episodes by the end. So that was like just my jumping off period. And then I moved out for the same company to LA and I worked on the Sharon Osbourne talk show. That show got canceled. I'm already in this like unscripted world, but all this like bachelor stuff was happening. And I was like, I want to kind of get into that a little bit more. Did and you ever work on The Bachelor? No, I never ended up working on The Bachelor. I, I worked for Telepictures at the time was running and I asked them to put me on it. It was hard to get in there at the time. Like all the people working on that now own their own companies. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy. But I ended up working for that company later. Uh, I did like the show High School Reunion. So I worked mm -hmm. at Next Entertainment. One of my first reality gigs was for Rocket Science, who did like my big fat obnoxious fiance, my big fat obnoxious boss, a Joe Millionaire. Mm -hmm. I did a bunch of, uh, I did this like knockoff of Dream Makeover Home Edition for Fox, where they like made over the families and worked there for like a year and a half. And that led me on this path where I was doing like these home makeover shows where I was like interviewing a lot of families where like people had sad stories, like someone had cancer or someone died. And it was like, that was like really good to like learn how to like do an interview and really like connect to get those tears out when a lot of people are like, shell shocked and you yeah. have to show the emotion i basically stalked 51 minds the company that did it until i got a job there i was actually like had moved up to producer at that point but i was like i'll be a, an associate producer i'll take a step down bring me on i'm sure i'll move myself back up in a minute so you got a you have a lot under your belt like you you've worked on a lot of different shows so like where does house of villains kind of compare or is this it was this like your dream show is this kind of like 
what everything's been leading up to. There was definitely a long period of time where shows like this were sort of out of fashion. Like they weren't doing as well. They felt a little bit old school to people. And that was like my favorite, like bread and butter, like formats, like what I produced most as a producer and the stuff I wanted development. So when House of Villains came along, it was like, yes. Yeah, do this. it was like, how do we kick it a little old school like we used to, but then also not feel like it should have been made in 2006? Yeah, I mean, like, as we were saying, like, earlier, like, I feel like this show was so obvious, but, like, no one has thought about it yet. It just hasn't happened. So when it finally came together, it caught my attention because it was just like, of course, like, duh. So the finale was just last night, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. I want to kind of talk about, like casting the show too so I know one of the things you told me was like you wanted to have one person that kind of represented each franchise right like one person from Bravo one person from Love is Blind Survivor how did you feel about how this cast came together I was very excited about it I mean yes it was like supposed to be like drawn together like all different worlds different audiences coming together so yeah exactly we didn't want like two people from Survivor or even two people from Bravo for a season because we wanted to draw from these other audiences so I was very excited. Um, we kind of had like a wish list of who we wanted on the show. And for the most part, everybody was pretty much game. It was just like talking out the details of like, you know, obviously timing and you have this unrealistic uh, list of like who we think we could want to get for the show that will never do it. But this like the top of our list was like Amorosa, Johnny Bananas, Johnny Fairplay. We're like, we could we could get them like they'll they'll do it. So it was definitely very exciting to watch it all kind of come together and be like, we talked to so and so. I kind of feel like this show, like the right cast member for the show kind of feels like you can't do it without them. It's interesting, like a lot of people like we had the Johnny, the Amorosa, obviously the most legendary villain of all time and the bananas and Fair play and even the Tanisha's like in New York, obviously from like back in the day. Well, how'd you choose someone like Shake, who's been on one show, right? And I think it kind of came to the fact that we were talking about like, we didn't want everybody to be old school. We were like, what are like the hot shows right now? Like yeah. what, when we were talking about it, like everybody from the network and our side was like very into Love is Blind. It was like the show, the new show everybody was talking about. I was watching Shake in the reunion, I think. Obviously, he did all the like the, oh, can you go on my shoulders type stuff that people didn't like him for. On that alone, we would have cast him. It was when he came to the reunion and he was just sort of like, I'm just going to tell it like it is. And like, mm -hmm. I'm not attracted to anyone here. That we were like, okay, he's owning it and he's finally having fun with it. And I think that was like part of our show was like, we wanted people who had fun with it. That dynamic of there's people who've been doing this forever and people who are doing this that are kind of new. And then people who had been on competition shows and people who had just done a docuseries. Mm -hmm. That like mixture of everything was just kind of like what made this show unique. And yeah. I think there was some like real OGs in there, like seeing Amorosa, like I remember watching her in Celebrity Apprentice 15 years ago, but then seeing someone like Shake, I remember watching him on Love is Blind last year. Um, I loved seeing Tanisha. I loved, I thought Jax was really good casting as well. Corinne is very iconic. Um, and Fisa is like the face of 90 Day Fiance. So it was a very good cast. And then we had some guest stars. The finale um, was this week. So last night's episode we went into the, the end with five people left, Shake and Fisa, Tanisha, Johnny Bananas, and Johnny Fairplay. I did think with Amorosa leaving, my take was like, she really had control for so long. Like I thought she was going to win, but then I, part of me kind of saw that maybe she stopped trying. And I think that was kind of like a couple people who's, a couple people's exit, like Bobby, like he kind of just stops trying, like Jax didn't try. Like I almost feel like, it felt, for me, it felt like, the people who made it to the end were the people who wanted it the most. You know, we would talk about the same thing. Like, you know, is New York just blowing herself up? 
you know, did she not want to be here anymore? Is she intentional? Like, did she plan these crazy like insults or do they just come out of her mouth? And I feel like I even asked her that and I'm still not sure. Like, you know, I don't even know if she's sure. Like, I think it's a little bit of everything. She's just like such a creative, interesting mind and she's amazing. And I don't even know if I would get a straight answer on that. I do think that like everybody definitely wanted to win. It wasn't even the money for some people. It was the title. Like, Yeah, of course. You kind of assume that a lot of these people are pretty well off. So I thought it was like interesting, the conversations at the end. And which possibly could have, you know, resulted in Tanisha winning is that she does have a child and like that maybe was a factor like for some people who um, voted. Sure. You know, I think there are game players like Johnny Bananas who are always going to play the game. And, I and think, fair play. Yeah, and fair play. And I think there are people that sort of um, like at the end of the day, if you're like a big time personality like New York at the elimination, like when she just like went after Amorosa, it's like, what is she doing? Like she's trying to get votes. Would it be like New York? if she just like went out quietly and like how, how like who would remember that? And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of these people, like part of the unspoken competition of the show is also like a competition for camera time and at being the stars of all their shows are used to having the most and here everybody's. So I think like True. maybe some of these player people wanted to make memorable moments more than, than win. I'm not saying that they told us that or that. Yeah. I don't it, know. I mean, it came across like that with Tiffany. Like she was ready to get out of there and give it a speech, which is yeah, great. I, I think they were like, how can I light it up and not be boring? I love that this is a cast that I've thought about and on the shows before have always thought about like, is this television show going to be boring? Because I do not want to be on anything boring. Like yeah. a lot of, I've heard that in interviewing them and interviewing people for the show. Like, yeah, I was on my season show. Everyone was so boring. So I was just like, I'm going to have fun with it. Like I've heard that from so many people in casting this show. I mean, thank God, right? They want to start stuff up. They want to make moments. They want to be competitive and they want to fight with each other. There was a lot of fights throughout the season. I think the most notable one was um, the note. So who, who ended up writing that note? Johnny Bananas wrote it for himself. Yeah. So, so like people who watch the challenge know that he's done this before on the challenge and he has a sister write in like female handwriting, whatever that means, ahead of time so that he could plant the notes. So he's done this before. And yeah. um, in the episode where he dropped it, like, it's funny. We had the reveal move down, move down, move down until it finally went into the next episode. And part of we thought was fun was like, it was like a little bit of an Easter egg to challenge fans. Like we knew yeah. everybody who watched the challenge would be like, it's Johnny Bananas, duh, he's done this. But people who didn't know were like, who wrote the note? See, and that's I- what I was thinking too. And I thought it was Amorosa because she posted on our Instagram the note. So I was like, oh, she wrote it. Oh, she had the note. Yeah. I- Maybe somebody was, no, that's it, what it, seemed like. it definitely was him. He said like, literally like, I've done this before. Uh, and then in the next episode, you find out that he wrote the notes. It was, it's sort of his game. Like I said, like these films are so iconic and like, while you want to see them do new stuff, you also kind of want to see them play the hits, the greatest hits, like Tanisha bringing back, I didn't get to sleep cause y'all like, so I think like, we like that. I thought that was like fun to embrace the things they're known for. Also people who mm-hmm. haven't seen it before. And the fact that it worked like, and nobody had done their homework to the degree of like, they knew that this has happened before. Like it worked again. Like nobody had ever seen it. Nobody said like, oh, this is classic Johnny Bananas. Um, mm. So it's kind of fun. And I knew challenge. We all knew that challenge fans would be like, dude, you guys, it's so obvious. And so yeah, I thought that was fun. Like we always talked about Easter eggs and it's like unscripted shows. There's ways to throw them in. It's definitely harder unscripted, but like, how can we do that? How can we have fun with the narrative? in a way that's it's not usually done to this degree. When we were first talking to Joel, I remember we had a Zoom with him and talking about being host. You can make fun of the cast. You can make fun of the show. 
you can make fun of us. And he's like, good, I'm in. Like that was kind of the whole thing. And we like, we owned it. Probably there are parts that we show that like didn't even make us look in the best light, but let's show the fans, like people who love this genre, like some of the stuff that goes beyond the scenes. Yeah. It's not like there's anything to hide. Like it's fun, right? It's all fun. Um, there was a lot of fun fourth wall moments broken and it was like a mix of like a competition show but also like just like a reality show of like characters living in a house just existing because they're all so interesting and entertaining i will say i think for season two if there is one i i think i would like um a little bit more competition faster like maybe a couple extra people and people kind of voted off a little bit faster just because i'm someone who's really into strategy and seeing the game so i was super hyped for the finale to see how it was going to play out and I will say, I thought Johnny Bananas was going to win because he won so many challenges. And I was kind of shocked, but my I also said Tanisha was going to win um, before the, I even saw the episodes. So I will say that I was right. She was my winner pick from the beginning. And I told yeah. her this when I interviewed her. I said, hey, I'm here with my girl, Tanisha. Like yes. I said, huge marriage bootcamp fan. Hey, when I saw the cast, you were my winner pick. Yes. Because I think that you are very good with people. Yes. I think you're likable. And I don't think you're a big target. Yes. What was your strategy going into the show? My strategy was using everything for Flatbush. Brooklyn shots of Flatbush. All my husband Flatbush. What's up, Brooklyn? Don't underestimate a good social game, right? But when I watched it, I felt like Johnny Bananas earned it more from watching the whole season because of how selfless he was. Like he was a good friend to people. He played the game. He was mischievous and he won so many challenges. So I just felt like he played the game more than Tanisha. So that was my take on the ending. Well, you know, contrary to a lot of people at home's beliefs, like we really can't influence these things. They're still operated by game show laws like that movie yeah. show years ago. So like we have to submit uh, every challenge ahead of time, every twist and turn and when it's going to take place the network hires a third party who's on set making sure everything is fair because like you have to make sure that's fair so i know people are like why did they let new york go home so early like you think the producers wanted new york to go home yeah well like that was just my like opinion as like a viewer and a fan watching the show is that i felt like johnny maybe should have won but i saw how it played out and i saw how it was so interesting that anfisa came down to it Uh And I just think at the end of the day, like Tanisha, she just was so likable. And I think people voted for her because she's a single mom. And I think that she has a really big heart. I was really shocked that Amorosa voted for Tanisha, though. That was a turn of events. I mean, we were all very shocked about that as well. Like that was definitely a turn of events. I think a little bit of it was she kind of fancies herself the ultimate villain of all time, super villain, as she should. She probably, you know, if this was just a competition straight up, who was the biggest villain? Like as Corinne said, she probably might have been yeah there. that's why i was i would have been so happy if amorosa won because i think she does represent that but it was tanisha and i'm happy i love tanisha too i just i, I just yeah i think part talking. of the vote was the fact that she went toe-to-toe with she's like if you're gonna go toe-to-toe if i'm not gonna win the person who stepped to me is the person who should win she said that a little bit in her thing but that's sort of how i took it with jacks a guy who came in like i'm here to play real hard and win competitions and then realized the hard way that's not how all the game is yeah i think he was sort of like i'm definitely a big watcher of survivor a big brother and i love people who made crazy moves on their own and and led the charge what was tanisha's big move during the show what was her crazy move i mean that's not for me to answer uh it's funny because there's anfisa who said like oh her move was to become friends with everyone, which doesn't sound the most villain, which is kind of funny, which is probably one of the- I guess her move was to just be Tanisha. That's what she said during her speech. Exactly. It was like, I'm yeah. just Tanisha. And I guess that's enough. So what I a great, what a I great speech. That, you know, she starts the second everyone comes back in the house, mm-hmm. she's 
makes up with New York and they're talking. We're both the queens. We're both amazing. Like, sorry, we got into it. I do respect you. Da da da. She's laying the groundwork like mm. Jax, like she all the way back to the beginning where she gave him her bed. You know, yeah, she, she cared was, about other people. You know, she also was pretty smart playing the game. I think it was well, a little bit of both. I think it was both. But I think she came across like she actually cared more where maybe some people thought Johnny was a little skeevy at the end and like a little too manipulative where Tanisha did have a little bit more innocence. And she kept her hands clean because Johnny was the one that won all the challenges. It was really interesting how it played out. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the ending. I think following the, oh, that's good. I'm glad. I think following strategy on the show was different than like on a Big Brother or on a, a Survivor. I definitely think our cast was very much all over the place that it was like, yeah. wait, so-and-so is doing what now? Like, we honestly didn't know what was going to happen until like down to the wire. It was interesting how they voted like in front of everyone. I thought maybe they would write it down privately. What is like the benefit to like having them? Is it just so they can have their final say like oh. versus voting privately? Because I don't know how that influences things. Because if you see that someone I, has three votes or four votes, then you're like, all right, I might as well vote for them since everyone else is. But you don't know when you're like doing it privately. Uh, voting privately is so you can like later go like, I didn't vote for you. Like and nobody would ever know. And you can yeah. make moves on the sly. I think we were talking about it like, this is the end of the show. This is House of Villains. These people are unapologetically themselves. They're going to do whatever the hell they want and not be swayed anyway. Let's have them face-to-face. -face. They didn't know they were going to have to do that either. Like face-to-face, -face, look at a person and tell them, I'm not giving you the money. I'm giving the money. And if there's anybody who could do it and have the nerve to do it and do whatever the hell they felt like doing. It's, it's these the villains. People, yeah, it's the end. Like there's no reason to be secret. Maybe yeah. what you're saying is they could be influenced by other, people, other people who are voting for. I think in that case, uh, what a producer might do is say, okay, everyone lock in their vote. Everybody could definitely be swayed by final things. We had an idea of who we thought might land what going into it. So that helps determine the order. And it was all full circle, I think, with like Anfisa, who, you know, didn't say much yeah. the whole season. Yeah. I loved when Joe made that joke. Anfisa, yeah, please speak word. for the first time. I love that she got the last word. I think it's really poetic. And I think it really brings back to her character on 90 Day Fiance. Like yeah. she really is such a mysterious legend for me. So yeah. to see her in the finals, I was pretty satisfied. The fact that the last challenge overall was about oh, and she won and she yeah because she's smart she really does listen i also yeah. loved that challenge and this is my, my next question what was your favorite challenge throughout the season and for me it was the one that Amphisa just won because i love okay. those ones and then i also yeah. love the mask challenge with danielle yeah. staub where they covered their yeah. voice it was definitely a very hard challenge to execute but i love that challenge obviously because you probably have never seen anything like it before and it was mm. like very original very different i remember walking out on the floor and seeing everybody masked and being like this is the weird like we really shot that till like three four in the morning mm -hmm. so it was kind of nuts i went down on the floor to watch in a mask not knowing even who was on in under which mask because they said if i was part of games rules like i couldn't know anything so i wanted to be like roaming around hearing like because it was hard to hear really loved the one where there was like hidden agendas and they had to like get people to do everything for me that was just like so much this show everyone in the control room was like yeah next time get a mini get a uh, camera for the control room just to because if you're gonna break the, the fourth wall yeah that's so funny the challenges we, were good i thought they were really creative and like sometimes on these shows you i kind of like get bored with some challenges just some because so, i'm yeah. like but this sees like this show, like the new genre, House of Villains, like I really enjoyed a lot of the challenges. We definitely wanted to make stuff where like there could be story within the game itself. It wasn't just a means to decide a winner and who would get power. Like things within the game would bring out 
certain different emotions show whose alliances, who was sabotaging who, trying to add at least a little twist to make everything a little bit our own and our own version. So I really like that. I really like the, the Johnny Bananas, the cap it off one, just because that felt like something you would never see on Survivor Big Brother, but it was like villains are so good at one-liners. There are certain people that are just good at challenges and you could make them a comedy challenge and then a masquerade yeah. and then a physical one. And still Johnny Bananas is always a threat, right? So because he's really good at all those challenges. The, he's just good at the games. They have nothing to do with one the next. So I will continuously strive in future seasons to see like, you know, what we could do with it in the future if if we get to do it again. Yeah. So there's no word on season two yet. So we'll we'll wait to see what could happen. Could yeah. you like say if maybe there was someone you would want on it, or maybe someone you tried to get on season one? That just didn't work out are you allowed to say that i can't you know let's just say the network is very happy with the show definitely there are um i, know, I want to hear who who, who you'd like <laughs> i want to see christine quinn um, okay. from selling sunset and i want to see russell hance from survivor and um potentially rachel levis from vanderpump rules uh -huh. so I, I think christine quinn's definitely somebody that we've had on lists before and i think that's somebody that Definitely is like a new school villain, which is really good. Yeah. Like we made her mark. So I, I definitely like that suggestion. Lisa uh, Rinna would be amazing. But um, who was like someone that um, came on this season as a guest that you love seeing? Was it like Spencer Pratt, Abby Lee Miller? I had a lot of fun with Abby Lee when she came. She was a she's good a, She's a hoot. You know, it's funny when Spencer came, obviously we kind of poked fun at like, oh, what happened to Spencer? I think part of it was that he had like a four week old baby when he came and which was part of the reason why it was hard to get him to do the season because he had just had that baby come do a guest appearance. Obviously he's a legend, right? Yeah, he you would know? be great on another season if you guys had one. Would you yeah. ever think of like, um, like a, maybe an exotic location? Like this is just me thinking like, what if you brought the villains to like Spain or like, somewhere crazy yeah. or or is it really just kind of about being locked in a house doing it in LA in in a weird way is probably for a lot of these people is like actually more enticing than traveling around the world because they probably have done it and a lot of them are LA based and it's a little bit they're busy easier. people so they can only take off like so much time too yeah but I definitely think in future seasons like going uh you know I think if we went to an island or somewhere tropical it had to be like Colombia like on a drug lord's estate I don't know That's yeah it has to be like in like a jail cell like the the ruins yeah. like something like really mysterious and spooky I was I loved when the show came out it came out on on like Halloween season so it was really like on brand yeah. um and as we were like we're talking earlier to kind of bring things full circle like that party was really cool because I loved all the the gadgets and like the the theme was just so good for House of Villains. Like you guys really made it like a brand and capitalized on like the devil and like the purple and like all that kind of stuff. The marketing team over at NBC Universal E and that team just did a great job with the show. I think they're taking new approaches these days. The fact that they had that party and their idea was like, let's invite the entire cast and influencers and people who blog and about the show so that we get buzz on social media these days, like TV, like billboards doesn't have the same reach as like social media does. So I think it was a great idea. And that party was so much fun. And it was so fun to be a part of something that garners, I think the cast was really excited to show up and have this purple carpet. Yeah. It made them feel like big stars, which is really great, which made them want to promote the show uh -huh. even more. I literally had so much fun on set. It was 15, 20 minutes from my house, which was great too, which is not often mm -hmm. the case. I'd be excited to come back in the morning and like, what did I miss? And, yeah. and at night and just, 
being there and watching the show from the control room. Think about how much stuff you didn't see. And like even the cast be like, why didn't you put this out? They cut this out. It's like some of it we never even put in. A lot of times like what we see in the control room and what we're all thinking in is not exactly always the show. Camera guys, like camera and audio guys, these guys were on their feet all day. They go from show to show to show. They don't usually care. And I had camera guys hanging out after their shift to watch the elimination, which I never see. And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, we have something here. If I'm very optimistic that we will get to do it again, I'm just glad that we got to make it. And I'm glad that our cast understood the assignment. So as we look at like season two and casting, if we get to do that, and I see people online like recommending their cast and some of the people, people recommend it's like, that person's like a fighter. Like, are they, are they really right for the show? So it's house of villains, but it's house of people who make great television and are unapologetically themselves. A lot of these people are just really lovely people off camera and they were most likely in a house full of idiots where they just told it like it is and yeah everyone's I, a character and like you said they all understood the assignment and they understood the assignment i think some of the people that look squeaky clean on reality shows sometimes are the real snakes because, yeah they were like so image concepts and they were just like trying to look good instead of being themselves and might just be a pain in the butt off camera, right? So Yeah, because uh, like being a villain in reality TV isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like villains are lovable, villains are entertaining, villains are like, say it like it is, they're honest. They give us good entertainment. So the show was a good, great hit. The ratings were great. Everyone was saying that it um kind of revived E because it's been a while since we've got some good reality TV. So hoping there's more for the future. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about the show and giving your take. And also, like, this was our recap for the fans who watched all season long. Yeah. Because um, we have an ending. We have a winner. So congrats to Tanisha. I look forward to hearing some more interviews from the cast and kind of seeing everyone's takes over the next few days and week and seeing how they think it played out, especially Tanisha as, as the champion. What is she going to do with her title? Yeah, she's got to go take over the world now, right? And uh, burn down the... Uh the entire universe uh, as the uh, ultimate supervillain. Yeah, what is she going to do with it? Like, time yeah. will tell. This is a yeah. big title for Tanisha, so she might destroy the world. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, good. yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Dave. Really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really, uh, it was fun.